Hey friends, welcome back. I'm Ash. I'm Elle. We are Lovey Cosplay. And this is Shit Cosplayers Say, and we are here with a very special guest today for our episode about points and cosplay contests, which you all have been requesting from us forever. So it's finally here. We would like to welcome Brittany to the show. Hi, I'm Brittany. <laughs> welcome. So Brittany is also known as Ganoza Costuming. I can't believe all the amazing things that you've done, um, but would you <laughs> like to tell our listeners a little bit more about you if they don't know you already? Yeah, I am a cosplayer slash maker slash prop maker. I've been cosplaying for about, you know, maybe eight years. I judge a lot of costume contests. I compete a lot and I like to make big crazy things out of foam and sewing and all kinds of cool stuff like that. Oh, and people know me for my painting mostly. If you have not seen these amazing painted props, you need to, because they are absolutely stunning. You're even <laughs> painting right now. I'm trying not to. I mean, no one can see what I'm doing right now, though. So I guess I could paint. <gasps> oh, that's it's, great. It's totally <laughs> like, I, I don't have to lose time before KatsuCon. I could just do it. Yay. It's get true. It. I have multiple times recorded and put beads and things on costumes. That's not unheard of. Hey, there's it's a so lot of relaxing just to do. A lot of cosplayers out there that need to multitask while they're literally doing anything. So it's true. I don't know. It, it helps some of us pay attention. So it's all good. Yeah, right? exactly. I can't, I can barely watch a movie without, you know, having something in my lap that I'm working on. Pretty much have to. Fidgeting definitely helps with concentration well, and other pieces. <laughs> so more than welcome to paint. We brought Brittany in because Brittany's experience with contest is very different from ours. Ours is predominantly anime. Brittany has more experience with some larger contests and we have discovered they function drastically different. So that's going to be kind of interesting to go over because every time someone's getting ready for competing, the question is always points. How do I get them? How do I get more of them? How do I lose them? Everybody's obsessed with these points. Like, mm -hmm. Even working on nine right now, even though we don't have plans to compete with them, my brain is still going like competition mode. <laughs> yeah. It's like, is it accurate enough? Are my choices good? Is this going to be clean enough? Are the judges going to care if I make this change? And like, we know because we're You're judges that we usually don't care. It's so hard to turn that off though. <laughs> it is. It's very hard. It's ridiculous. And I'm like, it doesn't matter, but it's, it's so ingrained into like the competition culture that you're always worried about what these points might look like or what they might mean. So we're going to talk today about where the points matter or in some cases don't. Yep. Uh, depending on your content. <laughs> Gasp. Gasp. It does matter. Do you guys do a lot of um, judging for like masquerade type things or only just anime conventions in general? Um, we have only basically judged anime conventions, which are a combination of performance and craftsmanship, usually. Okay, yeah. gotcha. Or itty bitty. Yeah. Well, I just didn't know if you had you had to usually judge stage presence like aspect a lot yes. of the time. Oh yeah, because I I don't really have to judge that because people don't usually do performances for the ones that I do. I'm almost solidly just craftsmanship. Nine times out of ten, um, anime conventions will try to hire a set of judges who can do both. Yep. Um, sometimes they don't. 
budget. Sometimes you'll, yeah, yeah. budget. <laughs> so sometimes you'll have a set that can do craftsmanship and a set that does performance, but typically they're going to look for someone who can do both just to, it, it yep. cuts costs. It makes things easier. Like I totally get Oh it. yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, most of our like major stage shows have all had both, which does mm-hmm. also change how you score things. Um, oh yeah. If they are combining the scores. So like some will run them on completely separate tracks and some will combine the scores. If there are scores, <laughs> which if we'll get to scores. it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Elle, tell us what are points in um, a costume contest? Well, it really depends on the contest you're at. Um, so most people assume that contests have a rubric like you get in school that designate certain elements with a numerical value so that the judges can help with their selections. But that hasn't been the case in our experience. I know Brittany years is a little bit different. I do costume contests that are at non-anime conventions. So basically the exact opposite of what you guys do. Like I said, they don't usually get judged on, like they'll get judged on their stage walk in a way, but it is a very small percentage of of what they do. It's almost all craftsmanship. So I didn't make a list, but it's things like accuracy or representation of the costume and finishings and like what kind of disciplines did they use? I don't have a list in front of me, but uh, things like that. Just a total rounded out costume is what we're looking for most of the time. It's got like a lot of good things. I mean, it doesn't necessarily mean you can't like come with a all sewing costume and win the thing because that does happen, but well, I think in a perfect world, they all would have something like that, like a rubric that kind of breaks yeah. it down a oh, little yeah. bit. But unfortunately, in our experience in the Midwest, primarily with anime conventions, that has never been the case. That's um, so crazy to me. That's I, so crazy. Yeah, it's it's kind of wild. So in our experience, most cons just use like generic categories. Like it might just say accuracy and there might be like one through five. And then you're supposed to like circle it. <laughs> It's really yeah. Hard. Well, yeah. sometimes they go way out of their way to make it super overcomplicated and you literally have five minutes to figure out what their scores are. And you're trying to interpret with every person coming in what they meant by what they put on that paper. Sometimes that, that happens because they over like think mm. about it as opposed to just giving you something simple and then you being able to write a couple notes, which is what we all undoubtedly do anyway. Well, right. In the end, that is what we end up doing yeah. <laughs> is chicken scratch what we're seeing. Chicken Um, scratch everywhere. Well, cause yeah, Yeah. that's a good point that the opposite isn't necessarily even better where the rubric is so complicated. Yeah. But I think having more rubric than less is still going to be better in your, uh, like in general. Yeah. So like at my job, we have to do a certification to do job interviews because we are such a large public entity and apparently there's lots of lawsuits and people get sued over this kind of stuff a lot. Um, well, for us, like a standard job interview has a rubric. It's broken down into sections with each section worth a certain number of points. And then within that, like different like bullet points or questions that are worth however much a piece. But they give you an example. They will say, you know, if you're supposed to have like a bachelor's degree is kind of like the baseline. They'll say oh. this much, this type of bachelor's degree would give you, let's say three points. But if you have yeah. a master's degree, you'll get four points. Or if you have a bachelor's degree, but not in quite this field, we might give you two points. So they give you like a generalized concept for each right. question. 
and it's up to you to kind of interpret it the way you want, but they give you examples. So you're not like, wow, I wonder what a five in finishing is supposed to be, or well, what do they consider, what, you know, a two in detail work? When it comes to costume contests though, like you don't have a baseline when you're starting. So like as a judge, things kind of end up a, a, end up a little bit wonky. Like if the first person that comes in has like a eight out of 10 cost, or we'll just say like a six out of 10 costume, like pretty good, but not like amazing. And you still might put them really, really high on the list right at the beginning, um, just because they were the first ones in. And then like at the end, we kind of just determine where people land by looking at the uh, placement in, um, in their scores. Like we don't just say, oh, this person got a 50 and this person got a, you know, 55. And those are the people that win. We just use it as like a baseline to get started with uh, judging. And the couple of times that we tried, especially in the beginning, I know to use the rubrics that were given to us when they mm-hmm. told us they're like, well, we think this is a good idea, but we haven't tried it before. So let us know what you think. Mm-hmm. Um, I know we tried it and that kind of ended up that way where maybe a couple people in the beginning were like, okay, this is where they're at. And then we just kind of used it as a base guideline along with yep. our chicken scratch notes to be like, okay, now yep. let's talk about these people a little bit more in depth. Now that we've kind of yep. been able to numerically pick and choose a handful of picks. Well, cause your numbers also get weird when you're judging a contest that has multiple levels to it. So when they're divided by crafting ability and not subject matter, you know, a, a 10 in novice is not the same as a 10 in masters, but you're given the same rubric to like judge them on that can get very complicated so like unless the rubrics at least in our experience have something that assigns value to the numbers the numbers are very hard to use so then the unfortunate part is when the attendees want their score you're like Uh um because we have had the experience multiple times now of cons making us give back our feedback forms to the contestants. Oh my God, there's no way I would do that. Sometimes they ask and I'm like, um, sorry, but no, this is not going to help anyone. <laughs> would you Would you like to reiterate why we should not have um, to give okay, those back? Let's, let's be honest here. We are writing down the dings. We're writing down the positives and we're writing, we're writing down the dings. When you see a hem that does not look good, you have to write down that hem and it's gonna say sloppy hem. It's not going to sound nice and it's not going to feel productive when you just have to like give yourself something to reference back to, oh, that was this costume. They get one ding for that. And this person over here had none, you know? So those are not going to be nice pieces of paper. It's better, which is something that I want to pitch for future conventions. If I could, if you, as the judges can like talk with the contestants after maybe on like Sunday or something. And if they want constructive criticism, they can come in and you can tell them how they can improve or maybe they don't need to improve or this, that, or the other, but just getting that piece of paper is going to make them feel like garbage. <laughs> Preach. <laughs> so then what's happened both times for us is we've had to rewrite the information in oh, yeah. a more like compliment sandwich way. Yes. <laughs> Creative use of materials. <laughs> because you think those papers are just for you. Like, come on. Yeah. So the first time it yeah. happened to us, they actually didn't tell us they were going to be giving them back until yeah. after the contest. <laughs> Did they get them without you like being able to edit them? So, no. no, but we had to spend five hours rewriting a hundred sheets. Oh no. To oh have, no. To have no one pick them up. No. Not one person picked them up. So when they ask, just don't say yes. 
don't say it's better if you can just talk with the person if 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 there's going to be anything at all like that's just going to be way better (laughs) but I just I always because they want to know like even when we have ones where like there are no numbers there's nothing it's a blank piece of paper they're like could you just tell me what my score was and I'm like I can't that's not a thing (laughs) that was not a thing in this contest Especially like, yes, you came in 50 out of 60. Like, I don't know what you want me to tell you. That's not going to give you anything. Right. (laughs) Especially in these contests where the ability level is so vast. Oh, yeah. When you're judging something that isn't, you know, Crown or Fan Expo or like, you know, Anime Expo or something where it's vetted. Mm-hmm. You're going to have everywhere from someone who is doing the bare minimum, like just learned how to sew to someone yeah. who may have been doing this for 20 years. And I'm supposed yeah. to compare them all together. Yeah, that doesn't sound very reasonable. <laughs> I mean, you, you keep, there's not much you can do there. Yeah. Like, yeah. So the whole um, tier system of anime conventions does make it a little bit more complicated because your contestants are not as close in ability as some of these uh-huh. other larger conventions, you're obviously going to expect less from a novice than a master. So then you have to weigh that into the numbers that don't matter. And it just gets, it gets chaotic. <laughs> I do yeah. like the, uh, the feedback sessions that we've been able to participate in. And we usually give out like our business cards to people and say, Hey, if you can't catch us, you know, send us a message in the next like two weeks on social media. And we'll try to give you any concrets that we can. I know we've done them directly after the masquerade and then the next day. And I always feel like everybody's a little more level-headed the next day. And oh, yeah. And be way more productive the day after than immediately following the show when everybody's emotions and tensions are super high. Yep. End of the day. Yeah, I don't mm-hmm. like getting the contestants right after the contest because they're upset. And so yeah. anything I tell them isn't going to be received well because... They didn't yeah. win, they're upset. So, you know, which makes sense. Yeah. That's just how it rolls. Um, but really, rubric or not, it's all still going to come down to what you actually did. I mean, in the end of it all. Yep. Like, it comes down to our chicken scratch plus whatever system they give you. <laughs> yep. Um, so I know, Brittany, you've done a lot more organized contests. Um, can you speak about how some of the contests that have had rubrics rubrics for you have worked? Um, um, usually they work out pretty well. Um, at this point, I feel like I'm starting to like master exactly how I feel about each particular rubric and slash costume contest in general. Like I wanted to go a very specific way from beginning to end. Like I need, um, like I need these five things to vote on and I need, um, a place to write in my rubric and stuff like that. Uh, and usually they're pretty decent, but like, you know, the five minute times can be kind of crazy. Like as far as rubrics go, because you want to write everything down. And when it comes to, um, build books that can get kind of out of control if Mm -hmm. you don't have time directly after to, look at them like you need to be looking at them during that time unfortunately a lot of the time we won't have extra time to check that out I know that there's a lot of people who need to get back to their booths I experienced that at the last two cons that I went to where I I personally don't like boothing like I just don't get anything out of it I don't have anything to sell I don't care (laughs) but same (laughs) 
the people who I judge with usually have booths and they're just like running out of there as quick as they can. And they're, it's not their fault. Cause that's like what they're hired to do. That's what they're supposed to do. But the convention doesn't always, they're not always right on top of it. As far as like narrowing down all the, um, all the scores and stuff, which to me is kind of a no brainer. That's just what I like. You just kind of, wherever they land on the scale, number 100, number, you know, 105, 120, put them all on a list so we can narrow them down as quick as we can. And looking at their, we'll look at their build books right at the end there. Um, just before, uh, making final deliberations. Rubrics are great. I like rubrics a lot. <laughs> They're really good. If I didn't have one, I would be lost. That's what it comes down to. <laughs> I do really like that for crown this year, they posted the rubric. Yeah. Yep. So that you knew, and I mean, the rubrics, the rubric is a little extensive. Um, it is, it is like I did it 2020. That was the year that I judged. It was insanity all day long. Like that was the most insane contest I've ever judged by far. It was so crazy. Like people were butt up against each other with all their times. We had a 10 minute break right in the middle. It was crazy. <laughs> That's all I have to say. It was just crazy. As a judge, it was crazy. Like, I know how high everybody's tensions are as cosplayers, because I've done it a bunch of times, but like, dang. <laughs> well, and having to judge between so many very talented amazing. people is... Amazing costumes. Oh yeah. my God. It, it's amazing. Like, every single thing that comes in is amazing, because they already have this whole process of, like, picking out who's going to be in it. And there's tons of people who try out. So every, every um, category is super stacked. It was just so insane choosing between like two, eight or five, eight out of 10 costumes, nine out of 10 costumes, which one's the best out of people who are doing nine out of 10 costumes. It's like, it's so, it was so hard. I wouldn't take it back. It was awesome. (laughs) (laughs) It was crazy though. I tell you what. A wild ride for sure. Um, yeah. <laughs> and now they do not give you your scoring sheets back from Crown, do they? Um, you wouldn't want it anyway because <laughs> it is literally chicken scratch. Like it, <laughs> yeah, literally. You you don't want it back anyway. We didn't get I ours back from internationals either. Like we've told cons, but we're like, no, they don't give them back. <laughs> yeah, that's that's for the best. You it's you don't need cool. those back. You don't. They don't need them back. It's not a thing. They, they really don't. If they want, if they want anything, they can ask like the judges. If, yes. Well, yeah, that's kind of what I think. Yeah. yeah. We we will tell you nicely what you need to know and yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. It's it's all good. Just don't ask me how many points you got because I probably don't. Know. <laughs> You're like that was yesterday. I don't remember yesterday. Oh yeah, it went by too, too. fast. When you're completely fried and you just have no idea what oh you did for that entire day. Like, yeah. dude, I was so fried at the end of that contest. Like I couldn't even tell you anything like after the next day. There's just no way. <laughs> I will say the one thing that I do like about them putting out the rubric and I've seen a couple other cons do it too, but it ha- doesn't happen nearly as often as I think it should. It's just mm-hmm. the transparency. I mean, we always tell people read the rules. This kind of tells you like, these are what we're looking for. These are the things that we find important in this particular contest. And I, I think will, that's really good information. I will say though, it does, in my experience, it does matter who your judges are too. Oh, 1000%. It, 
Absolutely. It does matter. Like there's going to be different, like I've done all kinds of contests competing, a lot of competing and stuff. And sometimes you'll have people who don't know what a cosplay is basically. And then sometimes you'll have people who are great at sewing. And sometimes you'll have people who are on TV and they literally don't know anything about it, but they're here and they're doing this thing and you put all this time and effort into it. And they literally do not know how to judge you. So sometimes contests can be unfair in that way too. Oh, hundred percent. I mean, I've experienced, we've, yes. <laughs> yeah. We've had that experience where it's like, you really, I know that you're famous, but you really shouldn't be judging us right now. Yeah. yeah. And uh, people like, who compete a lot, you guys, me, like we have to eat, we have to pick and choose what contests we do because you will end up disappointed and mad and angry that you didn't place or you didn't feel like you were heard or seen or people who didn't make as good of a costume as you know that you did place higher than you when you knew that your skill level might've been above them, but they made something that was more recognizable. And that does happen a lot and it's unfortunate, but that's why you have to bet your contests. Else I'm making some facial expressions and I know exactly what contest that you know exactly what contest I'm thinking of right now. Let's see. We're not gonna uh, say oh, you have a Chewbacca story too. Let's see, <laughs> yes, big and flashy, super popular. One of our judges picked all their faves and their favorite series, and then the other judge played on their phone the entire time. So wow, yeah, yes. that's super cool, super yeah. super cool. We don't have think, to DSD. Maybe we just take this too seriously. <laughs> a lot I'm like sitting there like doing my thing and I'm like I think I might be taking this too seriously <laughs> I mean asking for a little respect isn't I think it's serious. true it's you know. true it's just funny the way people like uh, maybe other judges like seem to be so nonchalant about something that we care so much about yeah and I think that's what probably makes us good judges because we care oh absolutely and because we do it ourselves we know how, how much it matters to these people. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, we love to do it because we want to keep people competing. We don't want the pool to peter out or anything. We got to get new yeah. people in. So Yeah. I can't tell you how many times I've said to myself or seen other people be like, never coming back to this contest, whatever the contest is, mostly ones that I, I've competed in that were just very poorly run or it seemed like they didn't care about their contest. So one of the conventions that uh, I, I've competed in it, and then the, after the time I competed in it, I was like, I'm never competing in this again. And then I had friends that competed in it and they love doing it because it's their convention. So I am just there to support them and I don't compete in it because I know better. Um, Gen Con's costume contest is freaking absurd. It's run by a bunch of people who I think are in the old guard of costuming. Oh no. Like, you, you know what I mean. Like, I do. Dragon Con has Dragon Con has the exact same problem, which is really too bad because Dragon Con is one of the best conventions in the U.S. But they have the old guard of costumers that only like a certain thing and show favorites. That's more Dragon Con. But Gen Cons is particularly awful, and they really, really don't care who who they put in what position. Like first, second, third, best sewing, best blah 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 blah. They really don't care. And I just see people time and time again that I've been to it to watch it, where people have just been so miscategorized I'm like I'm not I mean I can see these costumes I know better so I, I just don't understand sometimes with some of these competitions 
And I really don't like the old, <laughs> the old guard of costume contests too. It's what I mean by that is like the older costume, the, the older convention crowd. That's what I mean. Like the, uh, the stage people that did like, um, Broadway, well, not Broadway, but like, you know what I'm, you guys know what we, I mean. I'm trying. We got to you. It. The theater people. Yes. Theater people. Theater yes. people. They, they judge things differently and it's not necessarily a good thing. And it does not almost always, they don't even really respect cosplay. Mm-hmm. That's the other thing. They don't like cosplay. They like costuming. And what we're doing is cosplay. So it just doesn't make sense that that type of costume contest is able to be so prevalent, especially at places like Dragon Con, which it bothers the crap out of me. There are so many different kinds of costuming and sewing. And just because you are a costumer doesn't mean that you're a great person to judge a cosplayer because it's a completely different <laughs> ball game. Like we make yeah. stuff completely differently from like a theater professional who's a costumer. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I mean, it's it's not remotely the same. So yeah. And we see that a lot. That does happen where they'll bring people in from like the local theater and that kind of stuff. And they, I don't know. And then they always keep the same people on too. Like for Gen Con, they always keep the same people and they love running it, but then they always place everybody super weird and people who should place don't. And it just feels crappy because you know that it's just a bunch of cosplayers. We unfortunately do know. (laughs) Yeah. You know (laughs) exactly what you mean. Uh, which is uh, why it's important that you choose judges who can be well-rounded and yes. be able to look at everything with or without a rubric, because if yes. you don't have that, then things are going to get missed. Also, yeah. 10 out of 10 for having judges that care. I will stand on that uh, soapbox all day oh long, yeah. all oh day yeah. I mean, we've mentioned this before in our judging episodes, but when we were picking judges for contests, that was almost more important to us than how much experience you had. Because you just want people who care. We just want you to care. Respect if you can, the contestants. If you care and you can be respectful and professional, like way more likely yeah. than somebody who's skilled but has a shitty attitude. Yeah. Oh, I will say um, Yaya Han is a amazing judge anything I've ever been judged in or seen her judge she's always done such an amazing job so it's a cool example of somebody who's like higher up there that actually does a really really good job in my opinion <laughs> we like yeah yeah I've yeah. only met her I like, like her. once or twice but she always just seems like such a sweetheart oh yeah definitely so whether you have a rubric or not there are some things that we're kind of always looking for The one that throws people off a lot is accuracy and Mm -hmm. what that may or may not mean. And when we say accuracy, we're not talking about your body shape, your skin color. That's, that's not what we should be looking at. Nah, I can't say that there aren't judges who do that. There probably are. I know that people from other countries are like, uh, costume contests in other countries are a little bit more picky about that, which I think is strange, but like they will get weird about if you're not the right body shape or skin color or whatever. I just think that's really strange, but it's a different culture there too. So I guess I can't really judge. We, we have been warned when we go to Spain that they yep. pay a lot of attention to some things that we don't like makeup. They're like uh-huh. really, really into makeup and like, Making yeah, sure more of like good. your, your overall appearance too. So we've been given a heads up. 
Well, that's um, good. But typically we're just trying to look at how well does your costume flow with the source material you're giving us. Yeah. That's what I want to know. That doesn't mean you can't like make changes because you need to make changes. But yes, like, um, accuracy, know. accuracy for me has kind of been changing recently. It's not just, did you do this exactly the way it looks in the picture? It's, um, I'm okay with interpretation. It, it seems to be like it should be accuracy or a quality of interpretation because there are some things that you're going to have to change if you're, you know, a size 20 when the character is a size two, like things are going to have to change. And, um, if it's for like a positive reason, like sometimes you'll even get, you'll get points for maybe taking that really, really plain fabric and like jazzing it up a little by using like a tech, like a cool texture or something like that, even though it obviously just called for like a basic cotton, like things like that can, can be a positive thing. It doesn't have to just be, I did this exactly the way it looks. I am Sailor Moon. <laughs> I am Sailor Moon. <laughs> it, it's almost more fidelity to your source material. Like, how yeah. are you honoring your source material? Yes, yes, I would say so. And I, I so like, I, I like that. Yes, I, I think it's becoming more, uh, more prevalent, especially since more people are doing original designs, and they can't always be accurate if you don't have a design. I can't tell you how many people who came to the, the last two co like costume contests I did who did original designs and we had an accuracy category, but we judged it on interpretation of design versus accuracy for those. I mean, I kind of like that it's going that way because I like making me too. changes because they aesthetically please me. Or... Also, it's more artistic too, which is cool. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. I mean, I have to make a lot of adjustments usually for fit and whatnot anyway. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, same. I mean, <laughs> that's pretty common because fit, we really just care about how does it fit your body? Like you need to yes, alter like, it to fit. Please do. Did you forget to put boning in it? Oof. <laughs> Sometimes I see things like that and I'm like, oh, no, if you just put like two boning channels in there, it would have been made all the difference. <laughs> boning is one of those things that until I needed it for a costume, I didn't realize how amazing it is. <laughs> and now I put it in literally everything. <laughs> Anything that calls for it. I'm like, this needs boning. This needs boning. I feel like horsehair is the same way. You're like, I, until you use it, you're like, oh. I did go oh, through an obsession with horsehair for a while. I feel like true. I could if, if I had one specific project I needed it for. I've never needed to use it, so... I feel like I'd probably get there. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, well, I can use this on all of these other projects. What the heck? So you, a lot of times you'll see a category that says like use of technique, which can mean a lot of things. Um, oh, the, yeah. The new thing is really to mix it together um, where you're not coming in with one category, but kind of using a bunch of different types of techniques. Um, but obviously you want to keep, in mind that you want to pick things you're confident in because if you're True. not confident in the execution it's not going to help you I had a um I have a friend I won't I won't mention any names but they made an amazing costume and they just they um mostly do sewing things mm -hmm. like mastery of sewing and they decided to branch out and do shoes but with warbler and foam and I don't know I think it was rhinestones and stuff in there and Ultimately, they decided not to wear them because 
they didn't know the materials very well. They made the thing, but they, first of all, they weren't comfortable. But second of all, they were breaking down over wearing them. And they decided that it was a detriment to their costume versus a positive. So just because you decide to make something that's out of your comfort zone, sometimes it doesn't always pan out and you should just know when to throw in the towel because you could get a 10 out of 10 on your costume, but then you have some really ugly shoes. And then now your costume is an eight out of 10. So you have to know when not to include something as well. That also kind of ties into um, the difficulty of your design, because that will typically be considered, but it's also understanding that you need to pick a design within your difficulty level too. Yes. Yes. You, you will see this with a lot of newer cosplayers is they'll jump to like these really complicated designs that they are not ready to execute. Um, but they think because the design is so complicated that that's automatically going to get them more points. Well, because oh, yeah. the craft store threw up on my costume. So <laughs> <laughs> look at all these techniques I use. Have you, have you guys ever had to judge multiple of one costume and then somebody comes to you afterward asking why they didn't place when one of the other ones did? Yes. Yes. Uh, that's such an awkward conversation, but I'm kind of like, uh, <laughs> It's like a that. frequent occurrence in anime conventions. Oh yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense actually. Never mind. Frequent. <laughs> like you will have more oh, yeah. than one link. It will ah, happen. Yeah. Like you're yeah. gonna have so more than one Disney gonna princess. Be like, so eventually someone's gonna come to you and be like, so that link placed and I did what hell? <laughs> what hell? <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. We've been there. <laughs> it's always hard when the young ones come up and ask you about this and they're Aww. like but my costume I did all these things and I'm like I work so hard I work so hard and I'm like I know honey but so did everybody else but I put we all did sorry I put thousands of rhinestones on it I know but your seams weren't finished it's like I'm, I'm sorry more That's stuff isn't gonna about. save you yeah <laughs> because execution matters Yes. Execution is like number one matters top absolute most. doesn't matter if your costume has every single time or every single kind of discipline on it. If you don't execute it well, I just want to know if it's clean. Yes. Cleanliness, cleanliness. When I write clean on a piece of paper, that's when you know that you're doing a good job. Yes. It's so clean. And if you're going to make some of those uh, artistic changes, make sure they actually fit with the rest of the design yes please. oh yeah don't just throw sure. something on there so you could say that you threw it on there yeah yeah that happens on occasion actually frequently that happens frequently <laughs> yep what am I talking about sometimes less is more sometimes less is more and you know what I will pick a super clean costume any day of the week over something that somebody threw every the kitchen sink at it uh but it's not clean enough so cleanliness is king and if you did do a beautiful job at finishing your scenes, we can't see, please put them in your work in progress book because we want to or try them. to show us, try to show us. Yeah. <laughs> try I, mean, I, I get, you can't show us the inside of your corset, but we'd love to know that yeah. you did right. beautiful flat seams that you put your boning into. Yes. Um, put, put it in the book. Also, um, can we talk about build books a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. We can talk about anything we want to. Awesome. It's our show. <laughs> we it's right our now. show. We can talk about whatever we want. <laughs> I do what I want. <laughs> um, as far as, do you guys get a lot of build books when you, uh, when you judge? From masters. Not usually very big ones. Usually yeah. it's masters. Um, 
occasionally you'll have a novice come in with like an like entire like whip book and I'm so proud of them um sometimes people bring them on their phones it just kind of depends um it but not as many with the youngins which is usually what we get it's funny because if people know us and they know we're judging they will bring them because they know us and they know (laughs) we like them so they'll be like lobby cosplay likes work work in progress books so I'm gonna do one nice Um, that has happened extra points (laughs) the contest that I do we like exclusively like it almost 100% of the time requires build books so that ends up being a thing that everybody provides usually um but I think I figured out exactly the right format for what's going to be good for a build book and it's as little words as possible because we don't have time to read we can flip through pictures you don't have to put every single picture of your entire work in progress. You just have to show like maybe beginning, middle, end. Or if there's a particularly hard process, put extra pictures for that. And But also don't bring 25 pages. If you can put five pictures on one page, six pictures on one page or something, and then put a couple of words in to say, I, you know, I don't know, double hemmed this or, you know. <laughs> 500 chain mails like just very simple easy we can look through it in like one minute if you can do that that is going to be so good for you because then we're going to be able to articulate everything in our brains and be able to be like oh I know exactly what this person did beginning to end and we and you have to also remember that the judges do know this stuff they know sewing they know tip good judges they know sewing they know foam smithing they know 3d printing they know the basics of these things at the very least and usually they're they know more so you can assume that they can fill in the blanks for i hemmed this you know they can fill in those blanks so if you just show like the work in progress three four pictures we're going to be able to know what's going on so that's what i like in a build book clear concise get it done. Not a lot of words. More words is bad. (laughs) Bullet points. Words are bad. Words are bad. Mostly pictures, most, and almost no words. (laughs) That's what works best for me anyway. We don't have time to read the words. No, we don't. But if we can look at pictures and you can put, you know, three to four descriptor words saying what's happening, we can, we can see that, but don't put the words really tiny. It's probably better that you put them a little bigger or even write them in. Who cares? like you'll get it <laughs> I know people usually have a lot of like questions about build books and stuff but that what's what's worked but what has worked best for me in the past they are starting to become required by anime conventions um mm-hmm. and for us that also has a lot to do with the fact that you're more more likely to get people cheating um yeah, so yeah. the work yeah. in progress book helps you know if they really made it true I've had a couple recently where like people ended up being at the top and there was just not enough pictures for me to say definitively without a doubt that they made the thing and I absolutely hate being in that position usually like we just ex- assume the benefit of the doubt like we'll just we'll just give it to them because they provided enough but you still wonder as a judge, like if people really made everything and you, I, I think as a contestant, you need to at least try to show that you made the thing the very least. Please show us that you made the thing. Yes. Please. That's, that's half of the reason for the build book. One is that we see how you made it. And the other half is making sure that you made it. 
Well, and I think it, that's another reason why you said it's good to do like a beginning, a middle and an end for certain yeah. areas, because like if Elle shows a pic- picture of her in her mock-up for her bodice and it, you know, vaguely resembles the finished piece, you're going to be like, oh yeah, Elle did a mock-up for this bodice. Clearly she sewed yep. it yep. or it was at least present for a fitting. Well, sometimes you just see people saying, oh, I 3D modeled this entire thing and then sanded it, finished it, put it on my body, whatever. But then you only see the part where they're sanding and you see the part where they spray paint the thing and you're like, did they buy this model from somebody and then just try to pass it off as their own work? Like, I don't know. I mean, they make screen caps. (laughs) You could do screen caps of yourself in the modeling process. I agree. I I like to do that (laughs) because I only just started modeling recently. So I've been a... I'll like take a picture of the screen as I'm working on it. I also like, have the best I got. <laughs> I've also noticed that some contests require that if you are going to submit something that you claim you 3D modeled, you have to model your maker's imprint into it so that oh. like your signature or like your cosplay name or whatever actually comes out as part of the print so that oh. there's no, que- like, obviously you're not going to finish around that because you want them to be able to read your name, but that way you can prove that you did it. <laughs> Not a bad idea. Can you, can you edit 3d prints? If like, if I were to buy a print off of like eight shapeways or something, would I be able to edit it and put my own stamp on it or no? Are they like locked? Um, you probably can. Well, that's what I'm saying. If you can do that, then like, does it even matter? I guess if they didn't know how to 3d print at all, they wouldn't be able to do it though. Right. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a hard, it, Seeing the pictures of the process is obviously the best way to know because yes. right. Right. you could have a friend do it or, you know, like there's a lot of ways around it. So um, yeah, take photos when you work, friends. I know it's yeah, hard. Take your photos. But if you ever think you might compete with the costume you're working on, please take you photos. Even, yeah, you don't even have to take a buttload. Just take like I don't know. You're, you're in the middle of painting something. Just take a picture showing that you are the one painting it. You know, it doesn't have to be anything fancy. Even they don't have to be super 4k photos or anything like that. They just need to be there. They don't need to be like Instagram ready. It's all good. No, they don't. We just, we just want to see how you made the thing. Yes. That's it. Well, and then a couple other categories that sometimes get considered depending on what type of contest you're in is um the movement and wearability of your costume and Mm -hmm. then your stage presentation so we've actually had contests judge on whether or not you can physically move because there are you know what costumes I'm talking about I know exactly the time where they legit cannot move like I agree I've seen that at crowns even like people will bring stuff that they literally cannot move in like they can't even get on stage well I understand not being able to get on stage yeah. that's the thing sometimes you have wheels you got this that or the other I get it but then they can't even move across the stage by themselves and I'm like then that's not really a costume is it it's a statue that you wear yeah you're so. a statue you're a pretty statue but <laughs> you're, you're a, a statue. statue so I I definitely have been a part of contests both as a contestant and as a judge where that's been taken into consideration especially yes. if you're trying to like break a tie or something cuz that's part oh, of the yeah. construction is you're being able to move. Absolutely. That's something I consider wholeheartedly. Like if you can't move in a costume, like that's that's a huge ding for me. Yeah. Like if you have two people that made 10 out of 10 costumes but one of them can't move, you know who's going to win? Well, and as a maker, like I wouldn't want to make something that I can't wear 
and just walk <laughs> around in. Same. I, don't, like, I couldn't do Am that. I going to just like hang it like in the corner of my craft room and it can just live there forever as a piece of art? Like what's the yeah. point? Yeah, I don't know. Personally, I won't make anything I can't wear for less than like five hours. I just, I can't do it. If, if I can't wear it for at least five hours, I'm kind of like, what's even the point? Yeah, that's just a me thing. I know there's plenty of people that will make costumes that can only wear for one hour and they're usually like larger than life type category, like the really, really giant costumes that they can only wear for an hour. But I, that's just not me. I, I need to be able to wear it. If I can't wear it, then like, what's the point of me even having it? So speaking of how do you choose a cosplay for a contest? I'm very curious because such a loaded question because your costumes <laughs> vary quite a bit in like series oh, yeah. and, and different complexities. And I'm just curious how you make your choices for, for competition specifically. Yes. I think we probably are all in about the same place when it comes to that. You have to figure out at least at the very least something you like. You have to start with something that you like. Your heart won't be as in it if you don't find something you like. I like Pokemon, so I made a Pokemon costume. I like World of Warcraft, so I made a World of Warcraft costume. I can't, personally, I just can't be like, oh, there's Monster Hunter. I'm going to make a Monster Hunter costume. Personally, I just can't do it. I know tons of people who have no problem with doing it, but I cannot get into it without at least that one thing. So that's where I start. Um, that's why I've done a lot of World of Warcraft stuff because I used to play World of Warcraft quite a bit. <laughs> so I was like, this is a, a good place to make costumes from. I'll just stick with this. <laughs> so that's where I start. And then I also try and figure out the level of complexity within the costume that is going to win me a, comp- a competition. Like, I'm not going to lie. I've done a lot of competitions and I kind of have a feel for generally what is going to place because once you do enough of them, you just kind of know. And I'm sure you guys know, it's not being boastful. It's just knowing your competition once you get to a certain point. Um, so you can see that it has this many amounts of things or talents or um, props or this, that, or the other in it that makes up a complicated enough costume to beat something else. So if you can compare, like for me, I do big armor things. I do. Uh, sewing stuff usually uh and I make usually mix it all together I like doing multidisciplinary stuff if you can choose something with a lot of that and can be another thing that is of equal amounts of things like that and you like it like that's going to be a really good contender for a costume so right now I'm working on my next world costume so like it took a long time to figure out exactly what I wanted to do because you have to be very careful about what you're going to choose for a world competition costume, because you have to have enough disciplines. You've got to have mastery of the skill. You've got to have a lot of time in it, craziness, like extra gizmos and different things like that. It is really hard to choose a costume for a world competition. <laughs> so you stew on it for probably like a good four to eight months, just trying to figure out what costume you're going to do. That's got enough crazy components that you're comfortable with doing and know you can show mastery in for that like big crazy costume so does all that make sense sort of of? it does well and I really I really like that you pointed out that you have to like something in order to really put your whole heart into it and I think especially as judges we can tell who's really passionate about their costume 
and mm-hmm. the, the or the character, the design or the source material, what have you. There's definitely a difference in the attitude when people walk in the room and that passion is just contagious. Yeah. So that's definitely an important part. Plenty of people do amazing costumes without having that reference material. But I really, really feel like if you want to do the best that you can do, choosing something that you're going to like to start is just going to help you out. It's going to help you on the process. Anything to add? That's kind of how we do it too. Yeah. You just pick, pick the thing, you know, you can master that's crazy is the next thing, you know, bigger, better, more amazing. Always. (laughs) That's how you choose. That is the way. This is (laughs) the way. way. This is the way. So right now I'm working on a breath of the wild costume. It is not a, it is not a competition costume, but I could probably compete in it. Probably not at like a world competition, but I just started playing uh, Breath of the Wild and I freaking love it. Yes, it was three years too late, but like, <laughs> don't judge me. Um, and I picked a sweet costume and I'm like, you know what? I could probably compete in this because I pretty much only make stuff unless they're super easy. I pretty much only make stuff that uh, I can compete in at least somewhere. <laughs> it gives me that extra motivation to to make the thing. Yeah. It's like covered in lights and like it has my fun paint job and stuff and Plus, I love it, and I can talk to people about it when they walk up to me. So that's cool. And the new next game's coming out soon, so that makes me feel good. So yeah, that's how I right on time, not too late. (laughs) Yes, not too too late. late. (laughs) No, no. Apparently, they've been saying for a while that there's going to like this year is going to be the year it's going to come out. Apparently, it's that's been said multiple years in a row. So (laughs) (laughs) kind of like the Kingdom Hearts problem. (laughs) Hopefully, it's this year. Thanks for giving us your knowledge on how you choose a costume. We get that asked a lot and yeah. <laughs> we don't have a different answer either. Um, yeah, yeah. But as we expected, we still have more to talk about. And I know that you all know our episodes are about 45 minutes. So we're going to keep talking, but we're going to split this up. So you have to wait till the following download to get part two. Oh, oh no! no. Oh, no. <laughs> but in part two, we will finally cover the myth of the extra points. Dun dun dun! <laughs> that every that one is so concerned about. <laughs> but thanks for joining us, Brittany. Yeah. No problem. Thanks for having me. So we're gonna close out, but the three of us will be back in two weeks for part two. Again, I'm Ash. I'm Elle. We are Lovey Cosplay. And this is Shit Cosplayers Say. You've been listening to Shit Cosplayers Say, an LVC production. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Podcast SCS. Our website is LaVeeCosplay.com. Have a fun, crazy con or cosplay-related story? Absurd cosplay question? or just something in general to share with us, email us at podcastscs at gmail.com. Thank you for listening, and remember, just because you can doesn't mean you should.